Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm Sam Kane, and today we have our first guest ever on the show. He is a college basketball expert. In fact, you probably heard him on our uh, NBA Draft podcast that we do, Green Eggs and Sam. He's a Kentucky diehard fan as well. Dan, how you doing? What's up, Sam? I'm doing great. How are you today? Hey. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, so today we'll be talking about two teams, and that'll be the New York Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers. So, Dan, you saw these teams play a couple times this week? Yes, I have, Sam. I'm lucky enough to be in the Philadelphia market over here, so when it's a slow night of college hoops, I can easily turn on the Sixers most nights. So I've seen about five or six games so far this year. Nice. Including one versus the Knicks. Very cool, very cool. Well, I guess we'll start off with the Knicks. So, this week they went 3-1 and one since we last covered them. Um, let me just go over some transactions they had uh, before we do the games for them. The only one that's happened is that they waived Amari Spellman. Spellman was the 30th pick in the 2018 NBA draft. I actually... So, Dan, I re-listened to our 2018 NBA draft, and we, I, he's mentioned that he was the 30th pick, but we didn't talk about him at all, which is, I mean, probably good because he didn't really, <laughs> he hasn't really done anything in the NBA so far. Yeah, so there were a couple guys on that team that come to mind that really had their stocks jump up in that NBA draft because of Villanova's deep NCAA tournament run. Mm-hmm. Guys that probably wouldn't have been drafted nearly as highly. And he's probably example A, I would say. I think Dante DiVincenzo is another example of that. Uh, solid player, but you know probably not worthy of where he was drafted at that time. Uh, as I recall, Amari Spellman was a very good probably stretch four in the NBA. I think he played some stretch five at Villanova, but he definitely could have used another year of school. Um, could step out and shoot it. I don't know how good defensively he would have been in the NBA. Um, I think he had some conditioning issues uh, in his time at Villanova, maybe a little overweight. Mm. And I guess you're seeing the fruits of that at this point with him being waived. Yeah, he actually he didn't have a terrible season last year in uh, Golden State. So he was drafted by the Hawks. Then he was da- Damian Jones was traded for him, and um, yeah, after that he got, he got traded to the Knicks. Well, no, he was in the D'Angelo Russell trade as well. So he's really been shipped around a lot, and you know now he's out of the league. I think. He'll he'll have another shot just because his um, three point percentage isn't that bad. It's actually kind of decent. It's in the the mid thirties, I believe. So I wouldn't be surprised if a team uses him for a two way contract, since two way contract players have to have three or less years of NBA experience. So Mari Spellman fits into that. So you know someone will probably take a flyer on him. But, Dan, do you know who the Knicks picked up? I'm not 100% sure, Sam, no. (laughs) 
Taj Gibson, can you believe it? Taj Gibson on a Tom Thibodeau team? Oh, yes, I did see that headline, actually. Yes, that did not surprise me. (laughs) Where have I heard that before? Taj Gibson and Tom Thibodeau. So this is the third team that they've been on where Thibodeau's coach Gibson. So, of course, Gibson was actually on the Knicks last year. And they gave him a two-year contract, um, summer 2019, yeah. But the second year wasn't guaranteed. And when I saw that they hired Tibbs, I was like, oh, they are definitely going to guarantee this contract. Because it, it was for, I think it was for like 8 to $10 million, somewhere in that range. It was a lot of money for Taj Gibson. But I was like, oh, well, Thibodeau's going to pay him. That's his boy. And then I saw that they didn't pick it up. And I was like, oh, my God, no way. But they brought him back, no surprise. Must have been a financial thing, I guess, by keeping Spellman for a short period of time and then bringing Taj Gibson back on a different contract. Probably saved them some money, but you knew where this was headed when you saw Thibodeau coming back to New York. Yeah, definitely. This allowed them to, well, they had a lot of cap space, but they were able to pick up Austin Rivers for cheap. Um, they got Alec Burks for $6 million, who's been decent for them so you know these are like uh contracts that they can flip at the trade deadline and that they should flip at the trade deadline um the kind of like what they did last year with marcus morris and do you know what they did with that first round pick that they got marcus morris with i believe that was the pick used for emmanuel quickly so there there you go now you got Two young rookies that are going to be part of the future, and Obi Top and Emmanuel Quickly, and they they have a really nice two man game, I must say. So um, the Knicks went three and one since last Sunday. So Sunday they beat the Celtics one hundred five to seventy five. Monday they beat the Magic ninety one to eighty four. Thursday they beat the Warriors one nineteen to one hundred four. Had a Nice three-game win streak going, and then Friday they lost to the Sacramento Kings. Oh, no. Tyrese Halliburton played really well in that game. But um, the Sunday game against the Celtics, the Knicks, they they played with so much more desperation than the Celtics. It was honestly embarrassing um, the way the Celtics played them. It, it's one of those games where you know they didn't mentally prepare. They they probably didn't respect the Knicks, even though they're like they're not really the Knicks anymore of uh, you know the past like what eight years where they've been terrible. They're they're a lot better this year. They play defense. In fact, they're the number one rated defensive team in the league. Can you believe that? That's Tom Thibodeau's fingerprints all over that. All over that really is you got rj barrett and julius randall playing really well um rj barrett not too surprising um you know we we saw a promise from him last year it's really julius randall that that is the surprise story of the season it uh you know he he put up decent numbers throughout his career but it's never really shown much of an impact for winning, and this is the first season where we're seeing that. I hate to say it, 
Uh, but when I watched the Knicks play this year, I wondered to myself, is this featuring of Julius Randle going to turn into something similar to what happened with Marcus Morris last year? As you know, with all the Kentucky players on this team, I've become a New York Knicks fan for the NBA this year. And I just hope that they hold on to him. I hope that they don't trade him at the trade deadline because he is playing so well. But I worry that maybe a contender takes a flyer on Julius Randle this year. Yeah, that is true. So he he has uh, one more year on his contract after this. It is non-guaranteed, but he is guaranteed $4 million if he's waived. Um, I... I mean, before the season, I would say that the Knicks would have probably not picked that up. But the way he's playing now, they'd be stupid not to um, bring it back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is a contender who will sniff around, see if he's available. Um, but, you know, it it'd be really cool if we have just an NBA team that just kind of gets all these players from one college together and uh you know really really just continues to build from that i mean there's so many stars in this league from kentucky i hear uh the rumors that they want to get devin booker someday so maybe this is the way they just keep signing all of uh, booker's friends from college who was his closest friend in college uh greeny tyler ulis why is he not on the Knicks right now? This is That's what I'm saying. This is insanity. What <laughs> What is going on? Sign him five four-year deal. <laughs> four-year deal, 4 million dollars. We can only hope as Kentucky fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that they signed Michael Kidd Gilchrist who's still not in the league. Surprisingly, I'm I'm surprised no team has taken a chance on him. And then they signed James Young as well. Um, I mean, they were waived in um, um, back in the preseason, but I think they do that so they can get their G League rights. I don't even know if the Westchester Knicks are gonna uh, be playing this year. I I didn't look that up. They're doing a G League bubble. Uh, I know the main Red Claws aren't participating, so I, I haven't been following it too much. But yeah, we have four Kentucky guys on the Knicks right now. So we got Julius Randle, uh, uh, Nerlens Noel, Emmanuel Quickly, and Kevin Knox. And it was great. Against the Celtics game, they used an all-Kentucky lineup plus one other player. So it was all the Kentucky guys and Reggie Bullock at one point, and then they had uh, the same lineup, but instead of Bullock, they had Austin Rivers, and they were absolutely crushing the Celtics. It was just an embarrassing game. Um, ended up losing by uh, 30. It's like, what? This isn't, this isn't the old Knicks. They're pretty good. You forgot to mention they also had Scal back in training camp too. Scal Abissier. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did sign him. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe, maybe these guys. I mean, this is such a this is such a weird time. I feel like so many of these 
unsigned free agents would be in the G League right now, but it's not the the fact that's not happening right now. You got so many guys without teams, and I'm really shocked that the NBA hasn't um, actually added roster spots. It sounds like it's a financial thing with the owners, but it sounds like the logical thing to do with the uh, all these games getting postponed because teams don't have enough players, whatever. It'd be like, why don't you have like a few guys, you know, in the toe that you can use when uh, you're running out of players? I mean, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, not a bad player. He's not on a team. You got all these veteran free agents, Jamal Crawford, Kyle Korver, all looking for homes. The, the really tough thing about... Uh, covering the teams that play the Celtics is that when the Celtics are getting their asses kicked, I I can't turn off the game. <laughs> I because <laughs> I'm covering the other team they're playing. I wanted to turn the the Knicks game off, but it's like I technically can. I'm supposed to be watching the Knicks play. It uh was torturous, but what can you do? So then on Monday, the Knicks played the Magic. It was a very low-scoring game for these days. You know, It was kind of like a game from 10, 15 years ago. And I kept confusing the, the Magic with the Knicks because the Magic were wearing these really weird jerseys. They're wearing very strange jerseys in the NBA this year. Um, all these different colors experimenting i mean it's cool but at the same time it's like oh my god like these are just these aren't even the usual colors they wear the orlando magic were wearing orange jerseys Uh, i i don't really get it i guess it's because orange juice is made in florida so they're just like oh well why don't we give them some orange jerseys but you know when they're (laughs) when they're playing the knicks i i it's like oh okay the Knicks were wearing different jerseys as well they were uh mainly black and then I think it had some some blue and a little bit of orange but you could barely tell so I'm watching it and I'm just like all right who is that on the Knicks oh wait no that's the magic <laughs> so but anyways uh yeah that Monday game Baron Randall did really well um I mean, their defense is is just so good this year. They held the Magic to 84 points. Um, uh, Alfred Payton had a, b- a bit of a revenge game. He's been pretty decent for the Knicks this year. What I like what Tom Thibodeau's done is uh, the, the whole starting lineup was on the team last year. It's just, I, I think Fisdale was there last year. I want, but they they just couldn't find the right group of guys to put together, um, and and what Thibodeau does is he also he's not afraid to play his guys extra minutes, uh, which uh, seems to be working. I mean, they are winning, but it's also torturing Mitchell Robinson. He is, you can see him. Uh, really uh struggling getting up the floor sometimes because he takes beatings underneath the basket and he'll fall to the ground and there's there's a lot of plays where he's like trying to hustle back he's way behind the play it's similar to what doc rivers did uh with uh the big three celtics you know he just 
play the starters mostly. Once in a while, you get bench guys coming in. But the thing is, they don't even have like that bad of a bench. It's actually a really good bench. Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin. Uh, they have Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, Nerlens Noel, Kevin Knox, all coming off the bench. These are players that can give you good minutes. So um, it, it's interesting. In fact, at, at one point um, against the Celtics, uh, I think it was the Celtics that they did this, they did an all-bench lineup, which you don't see as much nowadays because usually you'll try to stagger some of your starters. And then on Thursday, they beat the Warriors. So that was a nice win. They, uh, uh, it, it seems like the Knicks kind of set the tone in the first quarter. They scored 40 points, and, uh, yeah, that was it. They, they never really trailed after that. R.J. Barrett had a career high 28 points. Um, I noticed that quickly in Toppin, only had about 10 minutes of playing time, so. That that was interesting. Um, you know, sometimes Tibbs doesn't play the bench as much. I guess the starters were really rolling, so yeah, keep them in. It's all about uh, the way the game's going. And then Friday, they lost to the Kings, and Greeny, that this guy on the Kings, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he's. He looks really good. People saying that maybe he's going to give Fox a run for his money, but I don't think that's the case. I think they can both play together. And uh, let me tell you, Halliburton was a complete nightmare for the Knicks on Friday. Four blocks, which you, you don't see that often from a guard. I feel like during our NBA draft podcast this year, we had saw this as a little bit of a curious pick at that time because Halliburton is listed as point guard but the truth of the matter is at 6'7 or 6'8 he's got the versatility to play two or three different positions on the wing including point guard and it feels like to me the more De'Aaron Fox has grown in the NBA he's also become more of a scorer obviously he can distribute and is still terrific on defense but he can put up 30 any given night as well so there's a lot of versatility in that backcourt now so I wouldn't say that I'm surprised by Halliburton's performance. His season was cut short by injury last year, and he was having a big-time season at Iowa State before that. Um, but it's interesting to see that dynamic playing multiple point guards. I used to kind of be opposed to that. But over the last five or six years, watching it more and more in college basketball, particularly at Kentucky, We've had years where our main lineup has had three guys that really are point guards on the floor at the same time. It can work, and I see it translating to the NBA here and there as well. Yeah. No, it's it, he's probably going to be on first-team all-rookies. That's that's the way it looks like it's going right now. He's He looks really good. A lot of teams are kicking themselves for uh, letting him slip there. Yeah, as I recall leading up to the draft... He was looked at as a top five pick by a lot of people. And I remember thinking to myself, eh, maybe that's a little bit high for him. And then he slipped. And it looks like the Kings got a great value oh, late in the lottery. Definitely, definitely did. You know, the theme of our show is whether these NBA teams that I'm covering are going to win the championship. 
I mean, the Knicks aren't going to win the championship. Sorry to break it to you guys. It's not really news, but the the important thing is that they're finally on the right track. They uh they seem to have a plan in place. Just sign the Kentucky guys. Awesome. And then whatever draft picks you get, pick well. If you have any money left over, you sign guys that you can try and flip at the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Alec Burks or maybe Austin Rivers gets traded. The fact that they're doing the play-in tournament now, it kind of throws a wrinkle into things because... Maybe the Knicks will slip. I mean, they're they're pretty high up in the standings right now in the East. They're in the top five, I believe. But if they slip to like 10, maybe the Knicks don't trade anyone because they want to compete. They want to make the playoffs. They haven't made it since 2013. They want to go back. So I, I was really predicting that they were going to try and trade people, but... You know, maybe they'll even try and upgrade. Alec Burks makes about $6 million. Austin Rivers, $3 million. Can't forget, they have Frank Nilakina, and, uh, well, he's hurt. Um, and Dennis Smith Jr., oh my god. How, Dennis Smith Jr.'s really fallen off, Dan. It's, it, it's not good. He looks like a complete shell of himself, has lost all confidence. He checked in a little bit during the Celtics game, and uh, yeah, it was uh, not pretty. Not the prettiest stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm worried that he might not even be in the league next year. I can't remember what we said about him during that uh, 2017 draft we did, but I don't think we were uh, we were predicting something like this. This is it's really too bad for this guy. This was one of my biggest gaffes in our NBA draft podcasts over the years, and I do think about that when I see him play now. <laughs> if you recall, that was a very point guard-heavy draft, including Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, Markel Fultz, who they called a point guard. But really, to me, I don't think he was technically a point guard. I think he was more of a two. Um, but if you just look at those four, where they were drafted, three out of those four are probably busts. I mean, including Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is probably borderline bust, I would say, at this point. But Markel Fultz has re- resurrected his career. But he wasn't worthy of the number one pick. I mean, looking back on that draft, De'Aaron Fox should have got taken above all of them at the point guard position. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I do recall um, being very high on Dennis Smith Jr., but it hasn't panned out, especially the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's some personal stuff going on. I know he missed some games last year with the Knicks. Uh, Never quite found out why. Um, Obviously, drafted by the Mavericks. Next year, Mavericks draft Luka. Obviously, Luca's the better player, so they they play him. It's it gets awkward because they play the same position. They can't really play together. So, of course, uh, Mavs make the big trade, get Kristaps Porzingis. They put Dennis Smith Jr. in the trade, but he is a uh, restricted free agent next year, and I I do not think the Knicks are gonna 
bring him back. In fact, it, he might not be able to find a team. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe he can uh, find a role in the league. It might not be as a starter. It's, you know, very competitive to be a starter in the NBA now. There's so many talented guards coming out of college, so many established NBA point guards. Um, it seems like almost every team has their starting point guard for the most part. In fact, it's the Knicks that don't really have their future point guard in place. They have Alfred Payton right now. So if there's any place where you think you can try and leapfrog someone, it's this spot. And it just hasn't happened for Dennis Smith. So I don't know. We'll we'll pay attention to that. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, Knicks aren't winning the championship. <laughs> How many first-round point guards do you need on any one roster? What do they have, four now? Smith Jr., Nilakina, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, and Peyton, all former first-round picks. Three of those guys Emmanuel are... Emmanuel Quickly eventually takes that job. Oh, yeah, and he was... Uh, Quickly's the one who wasn't picked in the top ten <laughs> in the first yeah. round. And he's he's going to... Yeah, he's going to steal that job. Let's move on to the Sixers, the other team we covered this week. So, since I last covered the Sixers, they made one move. Um, This has been a weird uh, last month or so. The Sixers were very short on guys because of uh, uh, the COVID-19 protocols. I guess they were around... uh, a team, it might have been the Wizards, it might have been the Celtics, uh, the, uh, I think it was the Wizards, I can't remember. But at one one game, they only had six available players, which was insane. And one of those six, or no, it was seven available players. One of the seven was Dakota Mathias. Do you, am I saying it right? Mathias? Dakota Mathias. Mathias. I should know this. He went to Purdue. That's my dad's, one of my dad's alma maters. He went to Purdue and Notre Dame. Go figure. Rivals. Uh, yeah, what, he was a four-year point guard at Purdue, wasn't he? He was more of a wing. I think he had some ball-handling responsibilities, uh, but they did have other point guards, and he was more looked to for wing scoring mm-hmm. and definitely highly efficient from the three-point line at Purdue over his four years. Yeah, so he he played okay in uh, the games where he got an opportunity. He was on a two-way contract with the Sixers. Um, had some nice shooting games. Got scored double digits a couple nights, but they actually just waived him, and they signed uh, Ray John Tucker for uh, their next two-way spot. So Ray John Tucker was on the Utah Jazz last season, and. Uh, he he was really tearing it up in the G League. He was, I think, G League Player of the Month. Might have been either December or January. But the Jazz actually waived Jeff Green just so they could get Rajon Tucker on their team. So they completely gave up on Jeff Green, who, to be fair, was not playing that well with the Jazz. It wasn't until he went over to Houston where he kind of had a resurgence and... Uh, <laughs> playing center <laughs> with the Rockets. But um, 
Yeah, Ray, Ray John Tucker. Uh, he did. He didn't get much playing time. I think he he played okay in one of the bubble games um, right before they went to the playoffs. And uh, yeah, Jazz gave up on him, and uh, now he's on the Sixers. Did do you remember this guy in college at all, Greeny? Or Dan? Ray John Tucker. The the name sounds very familiar, and I'm sitting here trying to place it. Um, I was thinking Wisconsin at first, although I don't think that's it. I knew an Alondo Tucker out of Wisconsin, so refresh my memory if you could. Oh, actually, I have to look it up here. Rajon Tucker, American basketball player. He went to University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Let's see, he might have been in... Okay, okay. I believe he was one of the top scorers in the country at a smaller school a couple years back and while I didn't get to see him play a lot I know his productivity was off the charts again at a smaller school so sometimes it's hard to know what to take from that as far as how it translates to the NBA right yeah it looks like he was at Florida Gulf Coast from 2015 to 2017 and then transferred to Little Rock so he was he was undrafted, and uh, basically he tore it up in the G League after being undrafted, and uh, you know now he's got a spot in the NBA. The Sixers had a really good week. They went three and zero. They beat the Celtics twice, and then they beat the Pistons last night, and they're now in first place. Uh, two weeks ago, they were complaining, saying Adam Silver's after them, that uh, they shouldn't have been allowed to play the games where they only had seven available guys, that this is all a conspiracy against the Sixers. Is this, like, Sam Hinky revenge? What's going on? But, hey, it doesn't matter because they're first place right now. They're playing well. They're rolling. Uh... And Joel Embiid averaged 38 points a game throughout these past three games. Pretty good. Ben Simmons has been playing really well. Tobias Harris was argued to have one of the worst contracts in the league. People were saying that this summer. It's still not great, but he, he's been sneakily good for them. He's been keeping them in these games. He's he's a big contributor. Good a really good third option. And then having Seth Curry back has been really big for them as well. He I think he might have had COVID nineteen, but he is really really helped them out a lot. This is a team that really struggled with shooting last year. Josh Richardson, Al Horford, the Decent players, well, I mean, Al Horford, known as a great player, but, uh, I mean, at this point in his career, he's a little older, not what he used to be, but it just didn't mesh well with those guys last year. But now, I think Joel Embiid's almost relieved that he has shooting at people who can actually hit shots around him, and Seth Curry is, as well as Danny Green, uh, when he wants to hit shots, it, it seems like there's there's some games where 
It's like he's uh, has never uh, really made that many three pointers in his life. And then there's games where he looks like the the greatest three point shooter of all time. That's just the Danny Green experience. Yeah, they they had your boy um, Tyrese Maxey starting point guard against the Celtics and didn't score any points, but he had uh, two rebounds, two assists. Not bad. But then when Seth Curry came back, he took his starting job. Oh, well. But um, he's still getting minutes. Still getting minutes off the bench. Uh, uh, You've been pretty impressed by what you've seen so far, right? No doubt. I feel like last year, watching the Sixers sparingly, like I did, what I saw, not even just last year, the last couple years, there was so much disharmony under Brett Brown, it seemed like. And since they moved on from Brett Brown and brought in your old boy, Doc Rivers, it seems like he's calmed everything down a little bit as far as the potential beef between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, the rumors that they didn't like each other. When you're watching these games, it looks like they're getting along fine. It looks like they're maybe not best of friends, but they're at least cordial to each other as far as a working relationship. Uh, like you said, getting Al Horford out of there might have been good for this team. Tobias Harris is scoring well again. And I guess they just got to figure out uh, another backcourt option for when Ben Simmons is not playing point guard. And hopefully that is Tyrese Maxey in the future. Shake Milton's had some really good games so far this year, too. And uh, it looks like a very, very good team right now. I don't know if they finished the season number one overall in the East like they are right now. But they're definitely going to be contenders at the end of the year again. Yeah, it's it's uh, looking like they uh, they have a shot to make it out of the East as of now. Um, I'd say it's it's them and the Bucks. They look really good right now. Um, Celtics are slipping a little bit. They looked good two weeks ago, but this has been a bad stretch for them. They lost three games in a row. Um, yeah, like you said, this, this is a a completely different attitude amongst the team this season. It's a complete culture shift, I'd say, and I'd say Doc Rivers, definitely a big part of that. Um, you know, similar to New York, uh, sometimes switching the head coach, changing the culture a little bit, uh, can really improve things on the court and we're we're seeing this right before our eyes daryl morey coming as well that uh he's very well respected around the league so it's good stuff i mean it's funny this is like kind of old news now james harden's now on the nets but there were rumors that the sixers were gonna trade for him and uh they made your boy Tyrese Maxey, untouchable. I know I know you like that. No doubt about it. And I'm just wondering at this moment, I know we've talked briefly about this over the past couple of weeks, but what were your feelings leading into that potential scenario when it seemingly came down to James Harden to the Nets or James Harden to the Sixers? From the Sixers' perspective, what were you thinking? Were you thinking they should make this deal? Obviously, including Ben Simmons in a package or... Do you feel like they were smart to hold on to Ben Simmons plus Tyrese Maxey plus picks, obviously? 
Um, I I was kind of on the fence. So the thing is, I I had an idea that um, it it seemed like the Rockets didn't want to trade him to the Sixers, just because what I've been hearing is that some animosity uh, with the Hong Kong tweet from uh, 2019. Uh, the Rockets lost a lot of money from that tweet. They uh, China wasn't playing any Houston Rocket games. The merchandise wasn't selling like it used to. We're talking millions and millions of dollars here all over one tweet. I mean, which, which is bogus. I mean, of course, China overreacting and everything, but you know, uh, their their owner, Tillman Fertitta, this this is a guy who's in love with money, and you know he did not like what happened there. Um, so I I just thought that you know they they might just not want to trade James Harden to the Sixers despite them. In fact, it seemed like they were very close to trading him to the Sixers, which was surprising to me. But my theory is that they were uh, trying to mess with the Sixers and that they were like, all right, we're, uh, we like what you have here. Uh, we're ready to trade him. Uh, ben Simmons, we like him. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe let's do this. So then the Sixers go and tell Ben Simmons, hey, we're trading you to the Rockets. And then the last minute, Houston's like, oh, never mind. We're trading him to the Nets. Maybe, I mean, this is super petty. Maybe they were just trying to, uh, you know, create some animosity between the Sixers players. Ben Simmons being like, oh, the organization wants to trade me now. I don't know. I maybe that's not what happened, but um, no. Th- looking back on it now, I uh, I mean it's only been two weeks, but I think the um, the Sixers made the right move in keeping Simmons and uh, the young guys they have because once you trade for Harden, it's basically Harden and Embiid. And if you don't get a ring in the next couple years, that's really it. Because Harden's like 32 right now. You can't expect for him to be the kind of player he is, um, you know, in his mid-30s. So, it would have been a big risk. They, They would have had to be really sure that they could win it this year. And, you know, maybe they... Just didn't think they were. Decided to play it safe. I do think they're still in win now mode, though. They um, they have some uh, some tools they can use to improve the roster. They actually have an eight million dollar trade exception, which I think they could use on. Well, again, they could probably use on PJ Tucker, but. Will Tillman Fertino want to uh, deal with Philadelphia? I don't know. But they they can improve the roster. Uh, Danny Green's on a $15 million expiring contract. I think they're probably going to keep him just because it seems like if you have Danny Green on your team that uh, you're going to win the championship automatically as we've seen the, <laughs> the past two years. 
but no, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll probably just try and keep them uh, for the playoff experience unless there's a game changing guy available. I I don't know if that's the case though. Um, so you know, very impressive week by the Sixers. Beat my Celtics twice, pretty convincingly. Um, and then they beat the Pistons last night. And a lot of people think the Pistons suck. I mean, they do, but like they 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 compete. They're they're not uh, a team that gets rolled over every night. So Jeremy Grant will uh, will really uh, give teams trouble. I'll say. Um, you know, some highlights from the week. Um, God, Seth Curry really uh, changes the dynamic of this team. He's he's just so much better than Josh Richardson was. He, Josh Richardson, he's he's a little chaotic, and uh, Seth Curry, he's 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 very smooth. I'll say. You know, he makes the right decisions. He's got a silky shot, and uh, he's much better at distributing the ball than Josh Richardson was. Um, makes the right play a lot. So he's been a huge help. Um, I don't know if you saw this. You might not have if you, saw, you didn't see the game last night, but uh, Dwight Howard's shorts got ripped. And uh, he he started talking to the ref like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, my shorts are ripped. Why didn't you call a foul?" And then for some reason, the ref tees up Dwight Howard <laughs> for complaining. <laughs> He's complaining. I didn't see the headline. I didn't read the story, but that looked like an interesting situation to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So got a little bit of entertainment from our uh, game last night. Uh, Dwight Howard. I think uh, the going to the Lakers last year was uh, kind of a blessing for his career because it seemed like he still wanted to be a starter and everything. And I think uh, LeBron humbled him a bit. He said, look, you are important, but you're not going to start here. You're coming off the bench. We're not giving you a guaranteed contract. So, you know. No funny business, Dwight. You got to be serious here. And, you know, it worked out. He got a ring. But, um, yeah, now he's just kind of accepted that he's a a backup center and uh, doesn't really seem to be a detriment to the locker room as he's been in the past. But uh, it seems like things are, are going well with him in the Sixers right now. So... You know, that's good. He'll be important in the playoffs, I'd say. Now, the the big debate, you know, of course we, we say why your team is not going to win the championship this year. The Sixers have a pretty good record. They might be championship contenders. Why would they not win the championship? Hmm. You know, I will say one thing. Health. I am kind of worried about all the minutes that Joel Embiid is playing. He is 
getting clobbered under the basket. I mean, the Celtics game, there were three different points during that game where I thought Embiid was seriously injured and that he was going to have to leave the game. But credit to him, he kept playing. I know there was a lot of back and forth between Embiid and Marcus Smart about, oh, you know, he f- Marcus Smart was saying he flops around too much, whatever. But it's like, uh, Marcus, you you can't say that. That that's what that's what you do. I mean, you do it <laughs> you do it really well, but you can't really criticize another guy for flopping. That's kind of what you do. Um. Still one of my favorite Celtic players, of course. Um, but yeah, I I do worry about Embiid's health. I'd say maybe that that's why they wouldn't be able to win a championship this year. I'd say it looks a lot better than last year, though, without a doubt. I uh, I don't know. What uh, what was the last game that uh, you saw them play? Did you see them play the Celtics last week? I did watch that game and. Watching the back and forth between Embiid and Smart was definitely entertaining. And Marcus Smart, at one point, I remember he got fouled by Embiid and was, you know, kind of flopping around a little bit himself. And I saw Doc Rivers yelling at the ref after that while Marcus Smart was going to the foul line. And then after Doc, after Doc was finished saying his piece to the ref. You could see Marcus Smart kind of like trying to hold back a smile after the whole ordeal because he's like, yep, I just got away with one now. Hey, Joe, Joe, I was fine. <laughs> yeah, Doc Rivers. Um, yeah, yeah, entertaining between them. Not looking great for the Celtics, though. Not looking great. They play the Cavs tonight. This podcast probably won't come out until Monday though so the game has probably happened so maybe the Celtics are on a four game losing streak now who knows who knows Cavs are playing well um so yeah Knicks Sixers that was it for this week I uh definitely don't think the Knicks have a shot to win the championship the Sixers Ah man, why, why do you have to go three and zero on the week that I'm covering you? Oh my God, I would love the clown on this team, but I really can't. Too bad. So we'll see what happens. Um, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on, Sam. I feel like as of a couple years ago, as you know, I wouldn't have felt qualified to be on with you, and you do such a great job all the time. Uh, But I have paid a little bit more attention to the NBA over the past two, three, four years since more and more of my Kentucky guys are on there. Obviously, I've seen a lot of the other players play in college, too. So, Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we could do it again someday. Definitely. 